Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Monday morning. And I uh, trust everybody had a good weekend and you're ready to get the day running and jumping and uh, going. And uh, I know that, uh, like I've said, I know Mondays as a rule is no fun, but uh, I know a lot of people scrambling around uh, trying to adjust to a uh, different way of School starting, and I know my wife's in a frazzle this morning trying to, uh, uh, in her anticipation with her duties at what she's going to be doing at the school. And uh, I know that a lot of kids are, if not all kids, are doing online classes, having to check in, having to do this. A lot of parents out there aren't too uh, computer savvy, so that doesn't help any. And uh, I, uh, I enjoy, as uh, I told you before, I enjoy technology and goofing and doofing with uh, electronics and uh, my poor old dad bless his heart he has the hardest time with uh, with emails or uh, getting online and uh, I've told y'all for the time that I was um, on vacation down in Florida I'm waiting in line to get on a ride and he's calling me trying to figure out how to send an email and I'm thinking I'm on vacation in line what, you know, I don't know what you want me to tell you, you know, but uh, I love to give my heart. In fact, when I wrote my um, book on virtual missionaries, I try to think of, of individuals such as him who, who struggle uh, with uh, technology. So in the hopes that would better assist them uh, in their uh, uh, pursuit of uh, online ministry. So uh, hopefully uh, that has went out and it helped a few people here and there, but um you know, uh, just remember, it's just a lot of a lot of it's just perspective, you know, and uh, sometimes you can make things harder than it is. And so just chill. It's all good. And uh, if you can't remember, there's nothing you can do that can't be fixed on a computer. You know, now that you can lose documents, that's the bad part, man. I've, I have typed out pages of stuff and all of a sudden disappear. You talk about disheartening, particularly when you're under the, um, uh, under the gun to, uh, particularly when I was doing my doctoral dissertation and has a bunch of pages removed and gone, that uh, will make you want to throw up. So, so that's about the only thing I can think of. Outside of that, uh, unless you just get a bad virus on the computer, you should be good to go. So just, just take a deep breath and chill. It will all be good. So, uh, but anyway, let's be sure we're praying for all of our teachers and structural assistants and students today and that uh, everything will go well on this first day of uh, school. And uh, let's just pray that things will get back to normal very quickly. I don't know. I just have a sneaky suspicion after November 4th, things will automatically go back to normal. I, I'm no psychic and I'm no prophet, but it just makes me wonder uh, if this law, this is, is a political ploy to try to steal the election. So, uh, don't know. Couldn't tell you. You know, it, it just blows my mind. Uh, the amount of um, uh, press that's putting out there saying that Biden and Trump is neck and neck. I I just have a hard time believing that. I, I honestly have a hard time believing that. That just blows my mind. Biden don't even know where he's at half the time. I just don't get it. I honestly don't get it at all and how they lie and backpedal and just you know and like they said because his mental state is diminishing 
rapidly. Uh, that it's not going to be a vice president he picks; it's a co-president. That's what people need to look at. Who's he picking, and as to why? And uh, of course, some of it is um, pandering. You know, that's why he's he's pushing for a, an African American female. You know, that that to me, you know, about racism. To me, that's racist that he's choosing somebody not on their merit but on their skin color and gender. And uh, that is, uh, uh, you know, we're, why aren't they crying foul on that, you know? But, again, the liberals make no sense. They're schizophrenic, and uh, it's okay for them to do whatever, but uh, but nobody else. So, I don't know, just insanity, absolute insanity. Lee, Mr. Lee Miller said he is watching. Thank you, Mr. Miller. I'm glad that you're watching this morning, and uh, good morning to you, sir. Well, my friends, uh, let us stand and let us say the Pledge of Allegiance. So let me get this up here on the website so those on there can um, go along with us here. Let me stand and take off my hat. Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Praise God. We get to live in such a wonderful country. I tell you what, it is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But and I'm sure you all are just as grateful that we live here uh, as I am. And uh, it just, again, it's just sad that uh, there's so many who don't, you know. Well, let's uh, get over here and let's pull up our scripture. Hold on, there we go. And uh, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. So if you have your Bibles handy, go ahead and turn there. And uh, for the, if you don't have it immediately handy, uh, we will, uh, I'll have that pulled up so you can read along. So I try to make it as easy as I can for everybody. All right, verse uh, 19 of chapter 1 of Colossians. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. He thought that was funny last night when I said that, uh, uh, I was going to have a t-shirt made up with that on it, uh, since he says that all the time. He said, he said he'd like to have a dollar for every time he said that. Uh, good morning, Miss Anita. But, um, so, uh, let's go ahead and dive into our lesson here. Uh, there was a, um, a uh, existential theologian, Paul Tillich, uh, that um, was going around speaking, and uh, he was uh, met with a uh, group of Buddhists, and uh, uh, you know he was asking them what their religion would be like uh, if Buddha never existed. And uh, many of the of those in response said it wouldn't matter. That Buddha said it wasn't about him, and uh, that they would continue to to uh, uh, live as they had been before. But you look at uh, other religions such as Hinduism and uh, and the many gods that they. Uh, worship that you can remove many of them and it still wouldn't make a difference but when it comes to christianity uh, can christ be removed and of course that is an absolute no 
Christ cannot be removed. He is the third person of the Trinity. Uh, he is uh, fully God and he's fully Christ. It could not take someone else to come and do what Christ had done. It had to have been Jesus' um, personal decision to leave the glories of heaven. He was a force to do that, but it took Jesus Christ uh, to die for our sins. He was the only one holy enough to do so. And um, so let's look at another passage of scripture here. Uh, let me get over here. Hold on here. Bring us up. Sorry, like I've told you before, I'm a one-man band here. There we go. And um, so it's kind of hard sometimes to do two or three things at one time. And um, let's see here. This is, um, sorry, I remember what chapter it was. Um, hold on here. I forgot. Shame trying to do these devotions and uh, you're trying to do two or three things at one time and it's hard to keep your mind on the right track. So hold on one second here. Uh, let me get this up here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I think this is Colossians um, 115, if I'm not mistaken. I just want to double check and make sure because we're in Colossians. As it is, but I just want to double check and make sure that I was telling you correctly. And uh, all right. So anyway, Colossians 15 here we see, uh, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything he might be preeminent. Okay. Now we're going to look at another verse here. Let's see. I'm going to bring it up real quick. This is um, uh, John 17, 1. Apologize for the pause there. All right. John 17 says, uh, when uh, Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to have eternal life to all whom you gave have given him, and this eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and the Jesus Christ whom you have sent. All right. Again, I apologize for uh, the pause and delay uh, this morning, and uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I, nine times out of ten when I'm thinking of something, uh, I, I'm usually uh, on the right track, but sometimes I... <laughs> My mind uh, goes and, you know, I'm like that dog on the movie Up, Squirrel. You know, I get distracted real easy. And sometimes my train of thought, uh, you know, have you ever seen that meme where it shows um, my train, it shows a train of thought. It shows railroad tracks just crossing over top of each other, going all these different directions. That's usually how my mind works. So, uh, so I apologize. But uh, the point here is obviously that God is of the Bible is the only one true God. Jesus Christ wasn't just some mere good prophet out there, that he was truly uh, God incarnate. Uh, we see that uh, Christianity is the only one with a living God. 
uh, all these other religions uh, have uh, their gods are dead. And as you can see, as we're talking about, as, as Paul Tillich, the existential theologian, uh, confronted uh, these Buddhists, they could even uh, still have their false religions without their supposed God. And that, uh, you know, that's one thing we need to understand. You know, you look at Islam, you know, uh, if you do good deeds, if your good deeds overcome the bad, then you gain your interest into their version of heaven. In other words, you have to make payment. But here's the thing. See, we are in need of a savior. And see, because there's no way, you know, I, I, it goes back to the old saying uh, that my dad uh, has said many, many times that we owed a debt we could not pay and Christ paid a debt he did not owe. And that's just it. There's no way that we could ever be good enough. There's no way we could ever be, uh, uh, you know, if it was 99.9% .9 perfect, we still could not gain into entrance of heaven. And that's why Christ offers us a free gift of salvation. Kind of goes back to last night a little bit when I was talking about the how uh, God uh, makes the uh, impossible possible. Without God, it is impossible uh, to share in the glories of heaven. Without God, it is impossible for our sins to be forgiven. Without God, we can't atone for these things. But through God, through his sending his son, Jesus Christ, he makes the impossible possible in the fact that uh, by having, uh, by understanding what Jesus Christ's atoning work on the cross did in raising again on the third day, we confess our sins, accept him as our personal Lord and Savior, that impossible becomes possible, and then we be, are able to gain entrance into heaven. You know, you look at pantheism and uh, the fact that they uh, believe in that God is in every little uh, plant or flower or tree or, you know, there's many gods, and it's just, you know, it's insanity. But we understand the one true God. We understand that Jesus Christ alone is the only one who can give us that free gift. You know, you hear that time and again. Well, uh, you know, well, uh, what about those who've never heard of God? Or, or you, know, you know, why would God send anybody to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. You have a complete free choice on your own. Whether you accept that free gift of salvation or you reject it, that is, that is, that is on you. All right, you have nobody to blame, and there is nobody on this earth, nobody on this earth who can say, uh, well, I didn't know, nobody ever told me, no one will be without excuse. And that's one of the signs that demonstrate the fact that Jesus Christ will be returning is when everyone has had the opportunity to hear the gospel. Now, um, you look at the billions, all right, billions of people who are uh, on social media, and, uh, you know, so it is, uh, you know, it, to me, I think we're really at the, at the point to where it'd be hard pressed for many to say they've never even heard of the gospel. Now, uh, granted it's, you know, we live in the Bible belt. We take for granted, you know, a lot of people do attend church or go to church or have some small understanding of the gospel. But you would be surprised, uh, before this COVID thing hit every now and then Brandy would drag me to a, uh, uh, yard sale uh, against my will, kicking and screaming. And you'd be surprised at the people we've invited to church who have never, ever been to church. That's that's hard to believe. That is really hard to believe. But, you know, the amount of people who do share 
uh, the gospel or who share Bible verses or share something on social media is going to get through somewhere, some shape, form, or fashion. That's one reason why I wrote that book in my doctoral dissertation about virtual missionaries. That was the title of it. And um, uh, because, you know, there is still the need for a physical mission field. In fact, you know, used to, uh, people were, were sent to other countries uh, to uh, to minister and, and to uh, tell us about Christ. Uh, now, uh, our own country is in dire need of that. But that's one reason I did that, uh, is not to, to, to minimize uh, the, uh, the fact that we need physical missionaries, but now we have a whole new area is to virtual missionaries. And I think that has become more prominent, uh, even more so, uh, through this COVID virus, that now you, you saw a, a you know, 99.9% .9 of the churches out there started doing online services or live feeds on social media and uh, some of the things we've been doing for a very long time. And so that's what I'm saying. It's going to be hard-pressed for many to say they've never heard the gospel. So, and with everything that's going on, I do believe that uh, we, uh, uh, that Christ will return, uh, it could return at any time, any moment to rapture us out of here. Now remember, there is a distinction between the rapture and the second coming. The rapture will be caught up in the twinkling of an eye, just like that will be caught up, and uh, we'll be, for those who are saved, you'll be gone to heaven. When Jesus Christ returns, now remember the second coming, that's when he'll be coming in an act of war. Now there are those out there who uh, are, uh, you know, you've heard of all millennialism, you've heard of premillennialism and postmillennial, and a lot of that deals with where the, you understand where the, where the tribulation, you know, that becomes if you're understanding of pre-tribulation or mid-tribulation, and um, in, in the belief in the millennial kingdom, uh, will there be a literal thousand-year reign here on earth? Now, the all-millennialists do not believe uh, in the literal uh, millennial reign. And I don't really understand how they, they get that. Um, when you look at uh, Revelation 20, 1 through 10, uh, how they uh, interpret that uh, in particular uh, uh, to, to, to neglect that. Uh, I tend to believe that, um, you know, the, the seven years of tribulation, the first three and a half years of peace, uh, the three and a half years uh, of uh, turmoil, some believe that we will be raptured before the tribulation. Uh, I'm not, uh, I, I don't believe that. Um, that's my own personal belief. You know, I don't know when Christ is coming back. Some can say we're in the tribulation now. Some can say in other countries where they're really being tortured. Look at China, where they're really being tortured as Christians. They'd say they're in the middle of the tribulation themselves. Uh, I believe, my personal humble opinion, that we may have to uh, stand the test of persecution uh, and they have to endure at least some of the tribulation, uh, you know, and because, you know, all throughout history, Christians have been persecuted. And I don't understand why all of a sudden we would get a free pass. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But anyway, uh, you know, we may be put under those trials and to see if we will deny our Lord and Savior or if we will stand true to our convictions before Christ returns. I don't know. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. But I'm more of a... Um, uh, 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 pre-millennial uh, uh, philosophy uh, and uh, that, uh, that's when Christ's going to rapture us out of here again. I'm, I'm not uh, trying to be Nostradamus and say, well, Christ's going to return next week, next month, next year, by no stretch of imagination. Even the angels in heaven don't know when Christ's going to return. But here's the, 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 the meat of, the, of what we're discussing this morning 
is the fact that without Christ, our our convictions, uh, the cornerstone of our convictions, our faith, our belief system is is gone. It's it's exploded. It's it's, it's you know it, it is without merit, without Christ. He is that cornerstone, and without His uh, virgin birth, without without His substitutional atonement, uh, we have to have Christ in order to have that salvation, to have our faith. To that, that is you know without that we you know. There's no point in believing in Christianity. Uh, so, you know, that's how, you know, a distinction that separates us between that and the false gods, the false religions that we see in the world. It is what distinguishes us from these uh, other areas of belief systems. And I know people get upset when you say that Jesus Christ is the only way. And I've had people literally say, oh, you're, so you're saying that the, 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 the Muslim and the Buddhist and the Hindu and all these, you know, the Jehovah's Witness and Mormons, all these people, they're going to go to hell. And I said, yep. And they don't like to hear that. You know, I, I, was, I said, Jesus Christ said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ said it clearly and plainly, and, and that is the only way. And when they, if they can, uh, you know, uh, hopefully that their hearts and minds, these other religions and cults, their minds will be touched and, and their eyes open before it's too late. But that is the only way they're going to enter through heaven is through Christ alone. Many of these false religions, particularly Islam, just think that Christ was just a good prophet. They don't recognize him as God in the flesh. And he, like I said, he is the third person of the Trinity. It is imperative that we understand that the importance of Christ and our convictions as Christians. So uh, um, I hope this uh, will find you well and that uh, it, it was a, a teaching that uh, may have instructed you to really think about uh, the importance uh, of what uh, we believe. And remember, it is beyond, you know, even though we believe it, uh, you know, uh, when you respond to someone, you know, beliefs can be relative. You know, well, I can believe this or I can believe that. But when you say it is my conviction, all right, that, that holds some real merit there. When you say it is my conviction of what Jesus Christ has done for me. That is what holds some real sway. That's what really holds uh, some real understanding uh, of what Christ has done for us. And so that's why you need to be, you know, we, it's okay to say, I believe, but also remember it is more important to say, I have my convictions of what Christ has done for me. And I think when you get to, here's when you say that, that will, will hopefully, um, just like a dog when you hear something, the ears go up. <laughs> Maybe that'll make the ears go up with somebody out there. Uh, to help them uh, to wake up just a little bit that, uh, wow, their uh, convictions are telling this. I wonder what it is that about Christ that uh, made them feel convicted, you know. So we need to point people to the cross, and they see that cross. Hopefully they'll be convicted and uh, open their eyes and see that need of a Savior. Let us have a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, help us each and every day to be a witness for you. Lord, help us to serve you well. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be prepared and look forward uh, to your return. And Lord, um, help us to be a light in this world of darkness. Help us to serve you well. And Lord, for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide us, watch over, protect us, keep us safe till we meet again. And Lord, I just pray that you be with this country, that you touch the hearts and minds, open the eyes before it's too late. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you will uh, uh, 
be with our police officers. Lord, let them know that they are loved, they're needed, and they are appreciated. Uh, and Lord, just help us to daily uh, to serve you. And Lord, I just want to have a special prayer request for uh, Kim Penix and uh, Wendy Lee. And I pray that you be the Ron and Thelma Thompson. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you be with Angela Preston and her daughter Sarah, that they can get some answers from the physicians. Everything will go well with that. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you be the Roger Street and that uh, you will guide the doctors and everything will go well with his surgery. Uh, Lord, be with uh, Linda Feathers, David Feathers, uh, Ginger Hood, and Troy Hood. Lord, be with our president. Give him proper wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in these difficult times. Protection about him and his family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning, and I hope everybody has a great and wonderful day today, and I hope this will be the start of a fantastic week uh, for each and every one of you. And remember, if you want to share these devotions on social media, your friends or family can find me at Dr. Young 77 If you have friends or family out there say, well, I don't do social media, well, they can find me on our church website at flbconline.com or on YouTube at Dr. Matthias Young. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure and sign up for the Doc Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes, free of charge, audio only, so you can listen to all the sermons, all the devotions each and every day as you're going out and about. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. God bless. Mm -hmm.